Hello, this is Daniel Orton, pastor of Harvest House United Pentecostal Church in Marion, Kentucky. It is our desire to see hurting hearts and minds healed as they are born again into the kingdom of God. It is my desire that this podcast will be a blessing to you and help bring you closer to Jesus. All right, I'm glad you complimented somebody. So, okay, I am going to, um, got a little bit of something to talk to us about tonight. This is something serious, which of course everything from this pulpit should be serious. Well, when it comes to the Word of God anyway. So, Jacob's got the verses for me. We're going to put it on, on the screen. And um, these are actually kind of famous verses. Everybody should know these verses. Sister Cheryl. <laughs> I'm saving lives. I'm tempting to anyway. Actually, I have something tonight that we could save somebody's world. It would save the world. Um, so anyway, let me let me read this. I, I'll I'll come down there. Don't worry about it. Um, I'll come down in a second. It's behind me. We've all heard this first scripture, Romans three twenty three. Stand up. I was reading in um, Nehemiah today, I think, or one day this week, or maybe it was Ezra, and they was talking about how they stood up for two hours while the man read the Bible. So y'all lucky. I've never preached two hours in my entire life. I know some preachers do, but I can't do that. Well, I haven't yet anyway, so. Okay, everybody read this first verse here with me. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All right, now I'm going to read the rest of it. But being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Everybody say redemption. redemption. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins. Everybody say the remissions of sins. That are passed through the forbearance of God. I mean, let me pray. Lord, I ask you to touch us today. Touch everyone here, every heart, or so. I ask you, Lord, to let me share what I feel like you. I heard this morning as I woke. And I pray that you would help us, God. And somebody could be helped and changed in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I have been endeavoring to take those that's here on this midweek service and just kind of dig down and just do some real talk with you, okay? And um, so I'm going to talk about something very serious today. Go ahead and put it up there, Jacob. I don't know what you got. Let me see it. This is my subject tonight. It's just simply the tragedy of sin. So I've been talking about a lot of this stuff lately, and I want to ask this question. Don't worry about it. I'll get them there. So, let me ask this question. What is sin? Give me, give me your definitions of sin tonight. Something what? Something against God's word. Anybody else? Breaking Ten Commandments. That'd be a sin. I just talked about some of this here a while back on, on what's it, how shall I be saved. But. What'd she say? Not, not living by a book. What? 
Adultery. Okay. Yeah, that's a sin. That's not the definition. These, actually, Autumn probably hit it best. So let me give you what the Bible says, okay? The biblical definition is to wander from the law of God. Anybody know what the law of God is? This, the Bible? Okay. We call it the Bible. It's God's Word. To violate God's law, a violation of divine law, and thought. Now listen to this. This is interesting. This is actually the definition I got from the biblical, like Strong's Concordance. So it says it's to get away from God's law, violate God's law, as Autumn said, going against God's Bible, the Word. But it says a violation of divine law and thought are an act. So you don't even have to act to sin, okay? It also can be in thought. So keep that in mind. So 1 John 3 and 4 says this. It, this is John who gives us the definition. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law for the sin. For sin is the transgression of law. The English Standard Version says that verse this way. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practice lawlessness since sin is lawlessness. So what would lawlessness, law, uh, excuse me, lawlessness be? Anarchy. Anarchy? Explain. There's no law, you just do whatever you want. So, this is what sin is. Basically, this Bible, it has a lot of laws in there. It has a lot of do's and a lot of don'ts. It has a lot of promises. It has a lot of things in there to help us. But, basically, when this doesn't matter to you, and you live any way you want to live, that's what sin is. So, let me say this today. Sin is a disease. Okay? Everybody buy that? It's genetically passed down. Huh? Just like what? Addiction? Yeah, it, it's, it can be generational. But yeah, that's sin though. That's what it is. But it is, it is genetically inherited. And I'll prove this with the Word of God by Romans 5 and 12. Wherefore, as, as by one man's sin entered the world... And death by sin, and so death upon all men, for that all have sinned. What one man started this out? Anybody know? Adam. Good job. You get a cookie. <laughs> you don't want a cookie? We'll, we'll give you a donut maybe after church. So. so, Adam and Eve started this off with sin. And ever since then, it's genetically, every one of us are born with this disease called sin. Romans 3.23, I think that was the first verse I read up there, was it not? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So everybody has sinned. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Bottom line, we all have sinned and we're all going to sin again. Even if we're not trying to, sometimes you're just going to sin. So i got, I got something else I want to get to. I'm just kind of laying a foundation. I talked about it a few weeks ago. What's the difference between a sinner and a saint? Does anybody remember what I said about that? There you go. Good job. You were listening. You get two cookies. <laughs> you want two dollars, right? <laughs> oh, you get a that a boy. So, he is right. A saint, they'll make mistakes, they will sin, but they'll ask God to forgive them. They'll try their best not to do it anymore. 
Sinners just keep on sinning. So tonight, I want to take a few moments to tell you why we do not need to sin. Outside the fact that sin will keep you out of heaven, what does sin do to a person? Because this is what people doesn't, do not realize, okay? Sin does something to the individual if we keep on doing it, all right? Um, the following information I'm going to give us is, I've gleaned a lot of it from a guy named Brother Raymond Woodward out of Canada, an article that he had, and I took some of his info and put it here with this. First thing I want to tell you about sin, all right? Now, number one, we know if you sin and you've got unrepented sin, Jesus comes back, you're not going to go to heaven. That's, of course, one reason. But there's other reasons why we don't need to sin or want to sin or you shouldn't want to sin. It's because sin does something to our lives. Number one is sin will not satisfy your life. Okay? And let me say this. Anybody who will tell you that sin, the majority of sin is not fun, they're lost. It. They're off their rocker. Okay? We got some young people here who's never been married. But let me just kind of be plain with you just a moment. God created sex for pleasure. But he also, he also created it in the confounds of marriage. But did anybody tell you that, that if you're having sexual relations outside of marriage, that that's not fun? They're crazy, okay? Because God created it for pleasure. Doing some drugs, okay? I've done some drugs in my life. During that time when I was doing them drugs, well, it was absolutely fun, okay? I know what it's like to be high. I own marijuana. I know some of you think it's not a big deal. But I think it is a big deal because I have done it. And I know what it does to your body. And I know what it's like to be sitting in my living room after I've done smoked some marijuana and all of a sudden start laughing for no reason whatsoever. And my mom said, what's funny? I don't know. I don't know. And that's one reason marijuana is not a good thing to do because you can't always control your emotions. That's just a side point, okay? But I know what it's like to do stupid things that's considered sin. I know what it's like to rebel against parents or adults. That, and it, it's, at that moment, it's fun, all right? Now, that's just, but the, here's the thing. Sin, it can bring us real pleasure, and that's why it's so powerful. And that's why it's so hard not to do sometimes because it is so powerful. But the bad thing is there's not a lasting satisfaction with that sin. Because I also know what it's like when mom and dad caught me doing that stuff <laughs> to be beat deservedly. I know what it's like to do silly things like at the moment it felt good chewing that person out or talking about that person and then it coming back on me and I'm having to eat my words. So, it's not a lasting effect. The book of Hebrews 11, 24, and 25, 24 through 25 says, By faith, Moses. Anybody know who Moses is? We know Moses, surely. He led the children of Israel across the Red Sea, Ten Commandments, all that. When he was come to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer the afflictions with the people of God then enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. When you sin, it's only for a season, okay? And even if you sin all your life, if you sin from the time you're old enough to know what 
wrong and bad and good and all this to the day you die. If you live to be 70 years, kind of the promised time, and you've sinned all your life, that's only a season. Then you'll have death. And your li- this life is over and you'll have eternity. And the product of that, of course, is uh, we're going to die in hell. So the first thing is sin does not satisfy. Yes, it's fun, but it doesn't satisfy. Okay? The next thing sin does. Sin will enslave you. Everybody say enslave. Has anybody ever been a slave? Now, I'm not talking about your mom and daddy. Huh? Who is? Yeah, the black people was. But there, was some, there also were some white people that slaves. But we don't understand the concept of that because that was before our era. only thing we've ever seen is what we've heard or what we've seen on shows and stuff like that. But the bottom line is everybody in here has been and is a slave right now. Because sin enslaves you. When you sin, it ties your life up. Okay? Um, Let me use pornography for a second. Pornography is a sin. It is not something you do not need to do. It goes along with the things of the Word of God. It talks about lasciviousness, thinking on sex and things like that too much. And, you know, so, but what pornography does, it enslaves you. Thank God I was born before the phones. Or I would have been one of those young people who would have been addicted to pornography. Because the best I could do as a young person was find hustler magazines and playboy magazines that somebody had thrown out their window on the side of the road. So I'm going to be playing with you, all right? I'll tell you from my experience. So I would find myself driving up and down the roads um, on random times looking for these magazines. If I ever found one, I'd take, I'd take it home and hide it to be able to see that stuff. But I felt that enslavement. I could be at school, and I'd be thinking about it. As I'm talking to you right now, even those images of some of those magazines I've seen 30-plus years ago pop up in my head. Okay? It enslaves you. And I have to suppress those things. And somebody who's addicted to pornography has to do the same thing. What sin does is enslaves you. Somebody said earlier, addiction. Well, addiction, yes, it is sin. You guys have been around enough people. You know what somebody's addicted to drugs, what it does. It enslaves them. It'll take somebody who, uh, just to get their next fix, will let their kids do without, sell out their children. It enslaves you. It captures you. And it puts you in bondage. All right? There's people who's addicted to drugs. They're addicted to alcohol. They're addicted to nicotine, cigarettes, all kinds of things like this, and enslaves them. People will literally, when they're addicted to cigarettes, will literally, uh, I had a grandfather. He was so addicted to cigarettes at one time that if he did not have a cigarette in his pocket and he reached for a cigarette, he would literally rip his pocket off his shirt trying to find a cigarette. That's an addiction, okay? That enslaves you. That's what sin does to you. So, now, of course, ultimately it will keep us from going to heaven. But while you're in the middle of sin, it enslaves you. It causes you to do things that truly you don't want to do. Because those who do those things, pornography, any of you who have been addicted to anything, if you'll be honest with me, when once you're 
you have that episode or whatever it was that you're doing, whether it's like that click of pornography or you're trying to quit smoking, you go smoke a cigarette, or you're trying to quit doing drugs and you go you take a hit or whatever you're gonna do, afterwards you're like, Why did I do that? Truth be known, that's how you feel. Why did I do that? Because sin enslaves you. And the Bible says in Proverbs five twenty two, the evil deeds of a wicked man ensnare him. The cords of his sin hold him fast. So, what we've seen so far, anybody know what sin does? It doesn't satisfy you. It enslaves you. And then the next thing I want to tell you about is degrades and it destroys your body. Down on the corner from my workplace, there is a, it's a what would you call it, like a thrift store, I guess. I'm needing some tires on my truck, so I seen some tires on the side of the road that look like the right size of my truck. So I went down there after work today, and I stopped and looked at it. And this guy come out and said, hey, buddy, I hadn't seen you in a long time. I've just seen you down there at work. So I'm like, well, this guy's looked familiar to me. I've seen him several times, and I think, I don't know who he is exactly. So then he goes, they're talking to me about these tires, and he's ragged looking, okay? He looks like, I'm 51 to me, he looked like he's probably 60. And then he gets to talking about this random stuff. He said, yeah, when we were in school, then all of a sudden it dawned on me. I don't know his name, but I remember I went to school with him. But his, you can tell he ain't got no teeth. He looks ragged. And I'm thinking, he's lived a life of sin because you can tell it by his body. Now, you all have seen people who's 25, 30 years old, and you didn't know no better You'd think they was 40 and 50, right? You've seen those? You know what's happened to them? Sin has degraded and destroyed their body. Now, uh, maybe you've heard this terminology. It's kind of funny, but it's not funny. It's called meth teeth, or maybe the better way is meth mouth, because they ain't got no teeth. There's a reason why, okay? Sin degrades the body. It destroys the body. Somebody may come to God who's been an alcoholic for 20 or 30 years of their life and they may only live about five or six years in the church because they drank so much because cirrhosis of liver attacks their body. Okay? Because sin degrades the body. Although it's fun, you're drinking, you're smoking, you're having a lot of good time, but it tears down your body. It destroys your body. And that's why we got... Because Satan wants to mock the human race. He loves to see... Us. Everybody say us. We are, we, are, we are God's pinnacle of creation, okay? We are his ultimate creation. He loves us. He wants the best for us. And Satan hates us because we really have taken his place in God's life. So he wants to destroy you. So whatever he can to destroy your body. Right now you may think it's fun doing this and doing that. But let me tell you what, sin comes at a price. It'll destroy your body. It'll bring you down. The devil loves to humili humiliate us. Listen to, this, listen to this verse. It's kind of funny. Uh, Ecclesiastes 10 and 1. Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. So doth the little fall of him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. Let me read that from the Living Bible. It makes a little more sense. Dead flies will cause even a bottle of perfume to stink. Yes, a small mistake can outweigh much wisdom and honor. So here's, here's the gist of that. 
Somebody give me your favorite food. Pizza. 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 Steak. Pigs. What? Pigs. Pork. Pork chop. Mm. What is it? Turkey and dressing. Okay. Whatever you take it. I'm, I'm going to take I'm, I'm thinking right now. Uh, Cheryl made it the other day. It's not my favorite, but just what comes to mind. I love that Lazy Susan peach cobbler. Lazy, okay, lazy, lazy, lazy woman. Lazy woman peach cobbler. So, if I fix me a big piece of that, and there it's laying on the plate, and then all of a sudden I look up, and there's a big old, I mean, big as your thumbnail, green fly laying right in the middle of that, I'm not going to eat it. Oh, yeah, you, go, you might would, huh? Big old green fly, big as your thumb. Just one. Oh, Texas, like, just one? Now, I want you to hear what you're saying. Yeah. Man, y'all working this out perfect for me here tonight. I want you to hear what, you're say, what we're saying right now, okay? Is it really worth taking that fly that's got all kinds of diseases and you eating that thing anyway? Oh, you're saying yes. But see, this is, a, this is what you guys say until you, all of a sudden you go to the doctor and you're trying to figure out what's wrong with you and you've got larvae living on the inside of your body because it's done laid some eggs on there and you eat that thing. Now your body's full of worms because you've eaten that dead fly. Yeah. And this this goes back. Hey. This goes back to the very first thing. Sin is fun, right? You know, it's fun to scoop that off in there. But here's what it does though. It deteriorates and slowly messes with your body. Okay? Alright, what about Coca Cola? Would you keep on drinking it while the flies in your drink? Yeah. Well, some of you probably would. No, you wouldn't. You're saying that. Surely to goodness, you know what I'm talking about here, right? All right, let me go on. Y'all being silly now. Okay. Let's talk about... How many has ever swallowed a fly? All right. Let's carry on. We're talking about what sin does to us. Sin will destroy your body. You keep eating flies, you're going to be full of worms. All right. That's all I don't know to tell you. All right. All right. Let's go on. Let's talk about. We got a couple more things about what sin does to us. Here's the next thing sin does. It will steal your joy. Anybody know what joy is? Happiness. It's gladness. It's gladness. Listen to me. When somebody doesn't have joy in their life. Joy, yeah. Happiness depends on things. Happiness usually depends on things that is good things that's happening to us. Joy, joy is something that goes beyond that. It's something that comes from God. It's a peace. It's a contentment. Things around you can be going crazy, but you can still have joy. All right? So, here's the thing. Nehemiah 8 and 10 says, The joy of the Lord. Anybody can finish this up for me? The joy of the Lord is your strength. Psalm 1611 says, In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Sin destroys that joy in your life. 
Because what it does, it takes your peace, it takes your contentment, it takes your satisfaction. Because even though sin is fun, and even though you may move the fly and eat it, okay, whatever, it's going to take something from you. And you're going to be laying there at night thinking about what happened. And I hope you do. Because if you don't, then you're in real bad trouble, okay? Then sin is, is done its last work we're going to talk about in a second. So, it will take your joy. So let me, let me say this right now. If you don't have joy in your life, there's a good chance you have sin in your life. All right? So if you're looking at yourself and you never see joy in your life, we're not talking about happiness, we're talking about joy. Most likely you have sin in your life because sin takes that from your life. Um, the la here's the last thing that sin does to you, okay? Sin put, put my first, I think it's my first verse back up there. No, it's not that one. Never mind. I didn't give that to you. Romans 6 and 23. Sister Cheryl is quoting over here. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Sin brings death to you. Now here's the thing you've got to realize. Ultimately, sin will destroy your body. It will cause you to live eternity in hell. But every time you sin, you kill your, you kill your body just a little at a time. All right? Huh? Why? You know what a wage is? Isn't that what a wage is? Yep. A wage is when you get paid. It's your paycheck. A wage so is your paycheck. The wages of sin is death. So Through a process of time, every time you sin, you're getting paid a little bit of death into your life. All right? Sure, you can lie about it. Then you will share your wages of sin and death with the patient that it goes to. Okay, this is what let's, this is what sin does. This is how sin. This is how sin brings death to you. All right. Number one, it attacks your sensitivity. When you sin enough, you're not as sensitive to God. So. Me or somebody else can be preaching or your parents can be telling you something about God and you're not affected by it because sin destroys your sensitivity. Another thing that it does, it destroys your conscience. Sin slowly kills your conscience. Anybody know what your conscience is? That's what keeps you from doing some things. So, you ever heard somebody say, they don't have no conscience whatsoever? What would you say? You don't have no conscience? Do you know why? You ever burnt yourself? You know how it feels after you burn yourself? It's kind of hard and callous. That's what happens to your conscience. When you sin enough, over and over, it sears that to where you're not affected by God's Word. You're not affected by anything. And you could literally shoot somebody and not feel bad about it. You could literally 
You can literally do things that you hear us talk about. Huh? Well, that's exactly what I'm talking about. If you can shoot somebody and not feel bad about it, then, you're, then sin has eroded your conscience. Huh? Well, see, it's these different levels of it. But here's the thing. If you keep going with sin and you keep letting it destroy you a little bit, kill that part of you a little more and more, it gets to the point. That's why. Now listen. Nobody, listen to me here. Adultery, when, when adultery happens in a marriage, it usually doesn't happen overnight. Okay? It takes time. It takes time. Just a little bit at a time. That's the way it works. And that's what it does. It destroys your conscience. So each time, I've been there and done that, okay? The first time, let me say this. Let me go back to the smoking marijuana. The first time I ever smoked marijuana, I felt bad. Because I know my mom and daddy said, you're not supposed to do that. Second time wasn't as bad. Third time it got to the point when I smoked marijuana, it didn't bother me. Because I had done it enough, it killed that part of my conscience that it did not bother me. And along with other sins as well. The more I've done it, what we do, we end up justifying and saying, oh, it's okay. But if the Bible says it's wrong and we don't feel bad about it, and then sin... Exactly. You can twist the Bible. So you have to take it as full context. So what it does, it destroys our conscience. It kills our conscience a little at a time. And it weakens your willpower. If you keep on sinning, you lose the willpower to resist it. Okay? Go ahead. I'm sorry. You're going to have to repeat it. because. Okay, go ahead. Me and addiction? Okay. Let me, I probably have told you this. Uh, it just got to the point where when I was, when I was young, I was, I was 16 years old. Every day after school, me and you guys remember Anthony Winters was coming for a little while. Yeah. He sat back in the back. They come on Sunday, come to a bunch of them. Ronnie Narciss, uh, stepdad. Okay. Well, me and him would go down the road every day and we'd smoke pot and we would sniff gas and get high every day. Yes, we did. Um, it, it was crazy high that was getting, I can't even explain it. When I first started doing it, it was like, I was like, oh, like I said, it was fun. But it got to the point where I feel like God was trying his best to get me away from it. So I'm terrified of snakes. I hate snakes. So every time I would start to have these hallucinations, hallucinations I'd start seeing snakes everywhere. I just never liked them. Okay. So, listen, when the entire world turns into a snake and they're balling up and rolling down on top of you, then you're scared, I promise you. And that's what was happening to me. And I knew that I needed to get away from it, but these things had happened. My willpower had been weakened. And my, Anthony came, hey, let's go down the road. And I couldn't do it. And this is what God had to do. I was praying, God, and I was a sinner, okay? But I was praying, God, help me get away from this. And I, I got to the point where I said, God, whatever it takes to help me get out of this. You've heard me tell this story. That's when I was on a three-wheeler. My brother was on a motorcycle. I turned in front of me, hit me broadsided, broke my ankle bone up my leg, six inches. I was in a wheel. I was walking on a cask and basically in a wheelchair the entire summer. And every time he would come down, I'd say, 
man, I can't. I, I can't get out. I remember one day he come by and he told me this. He said, actually, he had went down the road, done his stuff, come back up the road. He said, man, you got to go with me. If you come back down there with me, I know your foot will be healed. And he was high as a kite. And it was at that point when I realized, you put me in this wheelchair, God, to get me away from that. So I had destroyed my willpower through this eroding of my spirit. At nine years old, I got the Holy Ghost. But through this eroding of my spirit. And I, but I had this little conscience to be able to pray. And it was like, God, whatever it takes. And that's what it took. So you've got to be, somebody's got to get desperate enough or somebody's got to be praying for that person. Say, Lord, whatever it takes to get them away from that. Because honestly, I'd rather, today I'm thankful that I can walk. Doctor said I never walk again. But if I could never walk again, and I'm still not doing that stuff, I would rather not be able to be walking and not sinning. So this, this is what does. Eventually it defiles yourself. If you do not, if you just keep overriding it, every time you sin, something dies in you. One of these things I'm talking about, it dies. You just keep doing it. You know it's wrong. And you know, some of us will get the point, you'll just kid yourself like, Oh, it's just, just no big deal. I can have, No, you can't. You just keep on doing it. And, but here's the thing. At the very end of the road, we pay the ultimate price with sin, which is eternal death. Galatians 6, 7 and 8 says, Be not deceived. God's not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For if they, he that soweth in his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth in the spirit shall... Other spirit, life everlasting. Sin is like a cancer. Everybody say cancer. Sin is like a cancer. All right? I'm going to talk about a couple things right here and I'll be done with this. Open it for me. Anybody ever heard of the word remission? What is remission? Now, what about remission of cancer? You ever heard of that? What's remission of cancer? Okay. Has anybody ever heard the word remission? Goodness gracious. Anybody ever heard the what? Remission and sins. Anybody know a verse that goes with that? Anybody? Anybody know the Bible verse? <laughs> For the remission of your sins. Okay. It is from the same Greek word. Okay, listen to me. It is, it is, there you go. Remission is the same Greek word as forgiveness is from. So they're, they're very related. Forgiveness and remissions are, they're basically synonyms. But their definitions kind of vary a little bit different. Here's the difference in the words. It's their focus and not their meaning, Okay. Forgiveness removes my anger from you, okay? So, if you've done something to me and you say, will you forgive me? Autumn's like, what? I'm just using for example, get back here close to you guys. You say, will you forgive me? And I say, yeah, I forgive you. What that does, that removes my anger from you and it's not there no more, okay? That's what forgiveness is. But remission is a little bit different. It releases the debt, Okay? 
That's what remission does. It takes the debt away. For the wages of sin, anybody, we said this a while ago. Can anybody finish it off for me? The wages of sin is what? Death. Death. So, we're talking about you keep, you keep doing this. The wages of that is death. So, when you get remission of your sins, it removes those sins from your life. So, we're talking about cancer. It's a disease, just like sin is a disease. So, some people get remission of cancer... And they go many, many years without sin. You're right. And it does come back. Not always. Sometimes it stays in remission. Guess what? Sin is the same way. That's why it's called remission. Because it can come back. And this is why we got to constantly have this remission of our sins in a daily process. Because we're always going to fight sin. We're always going to struggle with sin. And this is what I've talked about tonight is why we don't need sin. Not only will it cause us to miss heaven, but it will make you have a bad life, okay? You have a lot of bad things happen in your life. And we need this remission. As we've done quoted the scripture, how about let's quote it again together. You guys know that. Then Peter said to them, what? Repent. Be baptized, every one of you, how? In the name of Jesus Christ, for what? The remission of your sins. And you shall receive the Holy Spirit. So, listen. Just because you say, Jesus, forgive me, doesn't put your sin in remission. I'm fixing to be done. Y'all just give me a second. Just because you say, Jesus, forgive me, doesn't put your sin in remission. If you've never been baptized, you must be baptized to get them remitted. And then after that, the other way to remit your sins is you daily read your Bible and it will keep the sin remitted in your life. It will show you what you've done wrong. It will keep you on the right track. Okay. Um, I actually think I'm pretty much done with this tonight. I believe you guys kind of have Thank you. You've been listening. You've been interacting. Go ahead. Yes, you're right. Okay. This is what I want to do. I'm done. My whole point tonight was to tell you that sin not only keeps you from... Sin is not only the last part of this that it causes you to die spiritually. You spend eternity in hell. But sin also has a lot of other ramifications in your life. It slowly erodes your life. Yes, and there is something you can do about it. This is, this is the things that you have to do about it. You guys remember here a while back when I talked about what must I do to be saved? We have to do them things. Daily, have a prayer life, and ask Jesus to forgive you. 
Daily read your Bible. And daily try to live right. Because if you don't, it'll slowly erode. And you'll find yourself in bad trouble. All right. Do I have any other comments or questions before I, we take a moment and pray tonight? Okay. All right. I want you to stand with me. And I want us to pray together. If you feel the need to come up here tonight, maybe there's something you need to repent about, come up here. If not... Let's do a circle of life. Do you want to? Yes. Yeah. Right. Come on. We'll, come here. We'll pray up. We'll get up here and pray together.